0: Hello everyone, I am your host Sukriti Welcome to another episode of the Freedom to be Happy podcast Proudly presented by happiness.me Today's guest is a truly fascinating individual, affectionately known as Dr. Tang Fu, and you'll know why she's called that. Her magnetic personality, characterized by warmth, wit, and boundless energy, has left an indelible mark on people in corporate houses, educational institutions, sports professionals, and government bodies where she has conducted innumerable coaching sessions. Beyond her distinguished career in the medical field, she's a prolific author with her nuclear energy series of books. Although she has achieved much in her professional career, she's most loved for her strong social consciousness and her unique way of explaining profound things in a light-hearted manner. She's truly the doctor of words. Let us together welcome Dr. Ushi Mohandas. Very warm welcome, Ushi. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Supriti. Thank you to the whole team. Thank you so much. Fantastic. You know, I wanted to start the conversation by asking you this question. What are some of the passions and talents that, that have inspired you to pursue such a wide range of activities and roles From medicine to public speaking, coaching, writing, also stand-up comedian and so much more. Uh, That's the first part of the question. And I also want to know what is the secret behind effectively balancing all these diverse interests and commitments that you have? All right. First of all, I haven't left
1: one job for the other. I work simultaneously in all the jobs. Okay. so uh, I like people. I love being amongst them. Uh, If you call me an attention, uh, uh, like they call me an attention whore. I'm sorry for the language, but that's exactly the way to describe it. Uh, It just means that attention gets me going. Attention uh, makes me perform. And at some point, I think appreciation actually lights up my fire. So Mm. it just means that I'm self-motivated. I really can give up all what I do in an instant. I'm not really... Uh, going to die without it, but at the same time, if it means that I have made a difference to so many lives and if I have the capacity and the energy to make sure that I can light someone else's fire as well, I believe that I'm here to stay. If you look at all the jobs that I've done, it's been between people, amongst people, for people, and at some point, it's always people-related. So be it my activism or be it uh, the comedy that I do, or maybe the talks that I give, or the coaching that I do, or the doctor that I am, it's all about people. So it's Mm -hmm. all about illness when I'm a doctor. And for the rest of the things, it's all about wellness. And I charge more for wellness than for illness, which means that by default, all of us can fall sick. But it takes a lot of effort to stay well, stay happy and stay peaceful. Mm -hmm. I think those are three commodities, which I really cherish. Uh naturally, I have the capacity to come back to that state wherever I go. And I think if I can, everyone else in the world can do it. It's not some unattainable kind of setup where people think that I've got to work hard. I've got to go to the Himalayas and I've got to go to a resort and things like that. So for me, it's about people. I love the attention. I bask in it. I enjoy it. And I love the appreciation that comes after me sharing some good things with people. And me being able to sponge off some of the bad things from people. The downside is, yes, it can affect me. I'm a candle that might burn a little lesser, might burn a little uh, maybe shorter. But that's all right. It's just one life. If you live it well enough, I think you've lived well. Once is enough. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that once is good enough.
0: I think it's uh, really inspiring to hear you say, I feel you're not a candle. You're probably like the sun, you know, which is always, always, uh, you know, spreading its light. Uh, Wherever you go, a lot of people, you know, uh, have spoken about you. Uh, They are reading your books. They are loving what you're writing and they have attended some of your seminars. I haven't attended anyone, but I would really love to. Uh, I wanted to ask you this one question, you know, that uh, I know when you speak, even when you write, uh, and of course, you also do stand-up comedy, uh, humor is a very important aspect in your life, you know, so I get that. I want to ask you that, how can we use humor in a workplace, Uh, you know, because I feel uh, it can kind of get, uh, you know, a bit in a different, uh, you know, it can go on a different tangent. So, So what I want to know is, how can the use of humor in the workplace contribute to fostering a happier and more productive work environment? And what are some of the effective ways to incorporate humor without really compromising um, professionalism? Well, humor is very different from comedy. Okay, Humor
1: Hmm. is actually very subtle and humor is that, I would say it's an art. So it's that art which actually greases friction. Uh, It means that it helps the message to travel lighter. It helps all messages to travel lighter to the listener. It also means that it's a risk. Uh, One person's perfume is another person's poison. So what appeals to me as humor may be offensive to somebody else. Uh, We are all creatures who are conditioned. Our mind is conditioned so what happens when you use a certain a word or a choice of words or sentences? It might be very entertaining to somebody. It might be very offensive to another same person. So what happens to also a person who's in a good frame of mind, it might sound like humor. But if you have had a bad day, it might sound very offensive. So to the same person at different times also, humor can mean different things. So the power of words is such that it's too dynamic. So there are no rules to the game. It's a risk you're going to take. But let me tell you, 90% of the time, that risk works. And I think the 10% of the time, it really doesn't matter. Because obviously, it's something that's cutting out things that you don't need. So there's a very serious message, except death. Uh, to me, even death, I convey in a different manner. So people actually know that about me. And I have the brand of being irreverent. And I think at some point, that's all right. Uh, People are judging you all the time in nine nanoseconds, in 10 nanoseconds. And one shouldn't be bothered about judgment. The reason why people don't use much humor is because they are scared what other people are going to think about them. They're also very, very scared as to whether they will be misunderstood because everyone loves to be basking uh, in in the goodness certificate that others give you. And I think uh, the moment you get rid of that barrier, that I really don't care what other people think, but I do care about the person per se, then I think humor comes on very naturally. Please don't force fit humor. Humor just uncovers something. You cannot force fit humor to drive home certain things, but humor should come very naturally, very spontaneously. You should be honest in your humor. You can't just use exaggerations and things like that for the sake of it. You can't cut copy, badly paste what you saw a stand-up comedian do online. You cannot force fit a WhatsApp joke into uh, something that you're speaking. So what happens is, unless the audience is receptive, everything is dependent on the listener. So if I'm talking to say a bunch of children or young adults, then the kind of conversations that you have around humor and the addition of humor will be very different. But if I'm talking to a bunch of senior citizens or a bunch of highly placed officials, then the humor should be in place. Now, humor is nothing but a tool and that tool should be used effectively. In corporates, I've observed, even when I train people, I've shared something. The messages last longer in the brain. So what happens is they remember the association of humor with the message that you're driving home. So like I said, it can be a tool which is used to deliver things. It can be that gift trapping with which you've given something which may not be very pleasant sometimes. But it eases the burden of communication when you actually use humor between people. And how can you use it? It's very simple. Tell a story and make fun of yourself. Never make fun of others. So always be self-deprecatory. If I talk about my success stories, not everyone might be happy about it. But if I talk about one failure or if I say that everyone says I'm in shape and even round is a shape, then I'm sure that people understand I'm making fun of myself and they quite enjoy it. So if you're going to say things like, I've got gray matter inside my head and also outside on my head, I think that makes sense to them because they can see my gray hair. So if you can make fun of yourself, I think other people immediately accept you. I've observed that. But if you make fun and poke fun at others, unless you know them very well, it can actually create an enemy in an instant. So one really needs to be careful about that. Tell a story, use a quote, uh, maybe exaggerate something that you're going to say in a big manner. And of course, at the end of the day, Try and use language to ease out the message, because if you use language, for example, I got hit by a soft drink, so I'm not feeling hurt. Uh, (laughs) So the soft part of it, but the risk there is, the other person must be that fluent in language. So languages, again, in a country like India, language is so widespread. How many are there? Uh, There are so many languages people speak, Uh, so many dialects in each state. So in order not to create barriers and in order for you to cross some barriers which are there between people, I think humor is a beautiful tool and there are multiple ways of doing it, which I teach during my workshops. But to start off, I think a good story, a good quote, some amount of exaggeration and also the use of metaphors and the use of certain languages. Maybe uh, if, if you use the mispronunciations uh, that everyone makes so, uh, so much fun of at the risk of offending people, I think you can go right ahead, because uh, these are the few ways to start. And like I would always say, practice makes a good speaker. If you don't practice it, then you'll fall flat on your face. So in the corporate world, there's already so much stress. There are deadlines, and then there are multiple deadlines, and then there's so much pressure of work. Uh, There's so many people who are vying for the same position. Uh, There's also the number of hours which are always coming onto your head. So this gives you the relaxation probably along with the fact that you're not wasting time. You're just not purely entertaining. You're informing and entertaining. There might be some times when you're informing, entertaining and persuading somebody. Uh, There might also be uh, times when you really, for example, want to make someone a vegetarian. Then you can say people who eat plants are those who hate plants. So, you know, when, when you say things like that, people are forced to think a little bit my job is to make people think. I will never make anyone do anything. If I get them thinking, then I think they will do their own doing. So that's all there is to humor. It's a very simple tool, often underestimated. Yes. I think power and humor should lie where it lies, which is massive. And I feel that if you remember somebody in your life, or if somebody else remembers somebody in their life, it's not only because they care, it's because they are funny people. No yes. one wants to hang around around a sour face nobody wants to hang around around a person who's a crib pot and nobody really wants to hang around people who are so serious that probably humor would die by itself so it's as
0: simple as that yeah so true so true I I, you know while you were talking I was also thinking that you know so many times you know uh, especially in a work environment sometimes people also tend to get uh, you know, so serious, like you said, you know, there's like, like zero humor in their life, you know, because they just think that, you know, being serious is the only way uh, they can get the work done. Uh, I also feel at the same time, because of that lack of humor, lack of laughter, being over serious, over committed. I also feel sometimes people can get emotionally stuck in the past, yes. you know, because they don't take things with a pinch of salt, you know, so having feelings like, oh, my colleague or my boss said this to me uh, or said this about me and I can never forgive or forget, you know, this kind of holding up emotions uh, not only hinders the work environment, but it also makes us really, really unhappy people.
1: Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Uh,
0: I want to know what are your thoughts on how people can really understand uh, that, you know, uh, wherever energy, uh, you know, energy will follow where you focus, uh, right? So if you're focusing only on the negative aspect, and I think you said that a little bit in your book as well. So if you could share some insight on how to maintain a clear and positive energy daily, uh, you know, especially when you're navigating with all of these negative things happening. The first
1: way is to meditate, which nobody loves to do, right? Meditation is a wonderful tool. It actually gets rid of all your unproductive thoughts. It actually gets rid of within no time. It's like, it's like playing that antivirus. It's like downloading that antivirus. But yes, it's a long-drawn process. It takes a little time for a person to sit and get used to it and understand that it's okay to have thoughts because everyone wants to shut down their thoughts. It's just not possible. And it's like saying, I want to drive smoothly in Bangalore traffic. It's just not possible. So, you know, you need to get used to it and try not to get annoyed by it. Try not to get affected by it. Understand that these are all transient. They're very temporary. Nothing in life is permanent. The good feelings don't last. The bad feelings don't last. And the moment you get used to that cardinal truth that nothing in life is permanent, I think it becomes a lot easier for a person to navigate through the negative feelings. You cannot stop them because all of us have negative feelings. But you can always navigate through it in a better manner and not allow it to stagnate. If you allow it to stagnate, it's going to affect you. It's going to make you feel heavy. It's going to make you feel as if this is the end of the world. It's also going to make you feel things that are not true. And that's the capacity of the brain. So at some point, the first thing you can do is meditation. The second thing that you can do is Just get into the present by counting your breath. Uh, I believe that by focusing on your breath and by actually just consciously counting the number of ups and downs that are happening in your breath, I think that itself brings your focus immediately back to the present. And it's a very simple way of doing it. If people are not really feeling their breath, then it's nice to keep your hand on your chest and just try and feel the upheaval of the chest, which is one and two. One for the up and two for the down. So if you're able to actually just count up to, say, 100, I think you will definitely be grounded and you'll come back into your own natural state. By nature and natural state, it means that we are happy. All of yeah. us are happy. And we turn ourselves into sad, pathetic beings. And all of us go through trouble. It's just that somebody reacts badly and somebody just responds calmly. And so there's a big difference between the two. So you need to understand breath and just count and be with your breath. That's another way of coming back into a better state of mind. And the last and the most important which I would share with you today is something called self audit. Okay? Just just write down in a piece of paper I am, I have and I can. If you write I am and just add three words to it. I'm kind, I'm gentle, I'm caring, I'm loving. And whatever follows all the good things about you, then you have I am and complete that with three words. I have, and please write down what all you think you have, which means Hmm. I have a home, I have a house, I have a family, I have a job, I have a life. I think all of these things, if you just write down, and I can, I can talk, I can eat, I can breathe, I can swim, I can do so many things naturally and try and write down the positive things. It's called a self-audit. If you do this audit twice a day, you have enough reason to be thankful for what you have. You have enough reason to be thankful for who you are. And you have more than enough reasons to understand what you can, which means everything that you can do. So which means I am, I have, and I can. These are very potent statements which you can complete. All our lives are different. And I'm sure every day as you write that down, even if you write it once in every two days, If you can do that once a week, I think it's more than enough for you to understand the hundred reasons why you can be happy. And that in an instant will wash away all the negativity, all the past and everything else because human beings are very clingy to negative things. And if you're planning to cling on to it, I cannot help you. But if you have a mindset that's going to help yourself, just get out of there, then definitely probably there are multiple ways of doing it. And like you look at children, I would tell people that they live just for now. They care a damn about what anybody thinks. They don't have any burdens on their head. They don't care about what anyone thinks of them, of what they do, what they say. So it needs to be a childlike approach to life. And when you have a childlike approach to life, that's when you generate energy. Have you observed that when you play the whole day, you'll be tired, but a child will never be tired? Mm. Even when you work for maybe a few hours and come back home, child who's been playing the whole day will be waiting for you with again renewed energy so that's the reason i tell people every day please renew your energy sleeping doesn't renew your energy it's just one way so you need many other practices which you put into your daily life by means of which you can stay what we call in a neutral position not very happy not very sad and you can you can actually tip yourself into whichever mode that you want these are like switches and the brain operates on switches. So you can switch on one and switch off the other. And you can always manage the switches whenever you want to, using the techniques that I just mentioned. So that's all. It's it's a very brief way to start. And it'll very take you about 30 years to be
0: an overnight success. Maybe 30 years to be an overnight success. Very, very interesting. I, I love all the parts that you shared In fact, I love the self-audit part. I think that is something that we all can apply. So easy to apply as well.
1: Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store.
0: Uh, Ushi, thank you so much. I'm having a great time talking to you. But before I let you go, I have to invite you to the most favorite part of the show which is called the quick five where I get to ask you five quick questions and you need to answer them very quickly yeah okay ready sure yeah ready. All right. let's do quick five with Ushi okay number one one mantra you live by live and let live all right a conversation that changed the course of your life I don't see it
1: as having changed my life, but yesterday I did meet a mother who lost her son, a 19-year-old who committed suicide in college. I think when she hugged me, cried, and all her tears were all over my dress and my kurta, I think something happened inside of me. So I'm not sure if it's going to change my life, but I definitely feel that there is a shift in energy. So uh, every single day is something that changes a person. And I think change is the only constant. So I've been... Trying to adapt myself to whatever possible limit that I can go to. Yeah. Okay. Not Not one instance. Not
0: one instance.
1: It's not Not one one instance.
0: instance. I understand. So a book that you are currently reading and you would like to recommend it to us. Any book that you haven't written, obviously. Uh, I call
1: it The U-Turn Within. I'm not very sure, but it comes in from one of the missions. I'm not sure which mission, but it's called The U-Turn Within. Uh, So, sometimes in life, you need to keep taking those U-turns inside of you. And I I think we get stuck somewhere. So, it's very important to understand that you will take a U-turn whenever you're stuck. And that too from within, because outside the traffic is too heavy. Inside, it's totally unmanageable. So, you have to take that U-turn within first before you actually take the U-turn outside.
0: Yeah. All right. Great. Okay, tell me who is your go-to person? I know You are a go-to person for a lot of people. But who do you go to when you face adversity? Honestly, uh, as a human being, uh, I've got my
1: family with me. And uh, I do uh, get a lot of happiness by speaking to them. But there's not like really a go-to person or anything like that. I appeal to a higher source of energy. And there is one somewhere. I'm not really sure where, how, what form... Uh, etc, because I'm not a preacher of rituals or anything like that. Uh, But I I sure believe that there is a force that controls the entire universe. And I call it the universe. And uh, sometimes I call it a she, sometimes I call it a he, sometimes I call it they. So I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, But there is a force which listens to you all the time, which is within you all the time, which is always there. So I always appeal to my own higher self. And I believe that at some point, I get a lot of guidance, I get a lot of help, I get a lot of solace and lots of peace from that.
0: Okay, tell me what brings happiness to you, Ushi? I'm a very simple soul and I think uh, just a cup of Adhrab Chai,
1: maybe a little bit of uh, good reading, some uh, nice music and of course, very deep, meaningful conversations with friends. That brings you
0: happiness. Animals, animals, cats and dogs. I love cats and dogs. So they bring me a lot of happiness too. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ushi. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. Your style of speaking and the choice of words are impeccable. I love the conversation. On behalf of happiness.me, I thank you for this memorable dialogue. We wish you all the very best. Thank you. Thank you, Subrithi. Thank you to the entire organization and your team. Thank you so much for having me. Freedom to be happy by happiness.me is available on all leading podcast directories. Until the next episode, please take care, be safe and remember you have the freedom to be happy.